Hello and welcome to this special ESG MIPIM update. Today we're going to hear from our speakers the progress that GLP is making across its European portfolio and specifically looking at the countries of France and Poland. We will discuss how these countries have enhanced standards of construction to help reduce carbon emissions and improve the energy efficiency of their assets. And the session will explore the need for accurate measurement and data collection as well as the growing importance of social value. I'm delighted to welcome our panel of speakers, Natalie Cooper, who's Managing Director, Head of Portfolio and Asset Management and ESG in Europe. Hello, Natalie. Hello, good afternoon. And uh, Jarek Czechowicz, who's the Country Manager for Poland. Hi, Jarek. Hello, everyone. And Gilles Petit, uh, who's the Director of Asset Management in France. Uh, hello, Gilles. Hello, both. Let's start with you first, Natalie. Um, can you tell us about the progress being made on ESG and the different strategies that you have in place? Thank you, Paul. So we have introduced our four pillars in terms of tackling ESG and the aspects which were relevant to all our stakeholders and start to introduce how we're going to be managing those aspects related to community, biodiversity, employees, responsible investment and more importantly, being an operator and developer of logistics space, how we're going to tackle the development um, through the embodied carbon, as well as the operational carbon footprint. So in the last two or three years, we have managed actually to, to gain much more understanding of the data around ESG, collecting information around performance, understanding a little bit better uh, the standards um, and where the either national or international uh, requirements are heading. So we can we could prep actually the business going forward in addressing the change in the regulatory requirement. So we are still in the process, I would say, of gaining even more understanding, gathering the data. So we define the boundaries, but we are heading where by 2025, we hope to have clear commitments and targets on all these aspects going forward. Why would you say that measurement and reporting is so important? It's it's essential because it helps to have clarity on the strategies. It also helps, you know, as stakeholders to understand how we are performing as an institution against those targets and start to understand as well how we compare to, you know, our peer group or other investment manager, which I believe anybody is keen on understanding right the differential between delivering good ESG strategies, moderate ESG strategy, or mediocre ESG strategies. And we want to ensure that we have tangible measurements and we can actually report back to our stakeholders on those. Uh, Yarek, coming to you now, because uh, Natalie mentioned there embodied carbon and carbon emissions are very important for net zero targets. Uh, how are you approaching new construction methods and materials to help with the carbon emissions and indeed the, the whole life carbon cycle? Yeah, we definitely in Poland since 2020 are measuring the LCAs uh, for all our uh, new developments. What's LCA? It's life life cycle assessment, and we had set our targets, and have to say that we are currently better than than the targets. As for so far, what we measure for all our developments, we are below 350 kilograms of CO2 per square meter of um, embodied carbon, which is very good result. How we could get it? 
first of all, we are uh, working on the limitation of, uh, of concrete, limitation of aluminium, glass, but also we are um, putting a lot of paying a lot of attention on the our GC contracts uh, in the way that we are asking them to use mostly the local transport companies so that we are able to avoid the long transportation which is of course creating a lot of uh, CO2 emission it's often a big part of that isn't it in a construction process it's the bringing materials to site it can be a huge part of the Thing. And obviously then using local materials uh, is a massive help to that. What other things are you doing? You said you mentioned sort of obviously um, low carbon cement. Um, uh, you use some recycled materials as well in your constructions. Yeah, of course, we are obliged to use more and more recyclable materials. We are changing. We already changed, but we are constantly working on adjustments of our general contractor technical specification in the way that the contractors are obliged to use the recyclable materials just to just to further go down in terms of the lowering of the embodied carbon yeah and how are you finding your customers responding to uh, this ESG in- initiative in Poland well i th- i think uh, more and more customers are uh, are understanding better the importance of ESG the situation is definitely evolving. So if if I look back three, four years ago, well, that, that was mainly, let's say, marketing or, or just about to be marketing. Now, more and more uh, customers, our customers are uh, being engaged much more into this process in the way that, first of all, they are searching for the cost savings, like electricity savings. And we, uh, as a developer and fund manager are uh, delivering the buildings with uh, the LED lights, for example, which is uh, extremely or substantially, let's say this way, substantially lowering the costs for them. But it's not only this. We are also installing the smart metering systems, which are very much helpful for the customers to better manage of their their utilities. It's not only the, the electricity, but also gas. Uh, and water. What we are doing else, we are, uh, of course, installing the the um, electrical cars charging systems. have to say, in Poland, I, I think it, it's rather the future. So we don't see the customers use it at the moment very, uh, very often. However, we see uh, that there are more and more customers who are asking for it. So definitely, definitely this will this will come up as a, as a more and more important. What else? Um, of course, all our roofs uh, are um, photovoltaic installation ready. We already installed in Poland a couple of uh, uh, installations, and we are in progressing currently with the preparation to install the, the PV uh, installations on the on the other roofs. Yeah, so big developments have big roofs, and obviously then solar panels or, or like you say, solar PV is a, a very good way of generating electricity, not only for the customer, but occasionally for the community around. And I know that you're working on that uh, as a company. Uh, but Gilles, coming to you now, uh, France, wh- what's happening there? What aspects are you targeting when it comes to operations and, and particularly then this energy efficiency? When it comes to existing buildings, we must focus on two different targets. The first one is the energy consumption reduction fixed by the French law. And the second is our customer needs. And uh, on consumption reduction, we will have to achieve a 40% decrease for 2030. 
And to reach this goal, we are making improvement works like LED lighting or installation of building management system to control equipment like uh, eating, eating system, for instance. And these improvements are that generate savings are positively considered by our customers, uh, but the needs are greater and concern different aspects of the ESG. If most of our customers are interested with energy savings, especially with the high energy prices we are facing since the conflict in Ukraine, each of them has different ESG needs depending on their culture or their activities. One can be more involved in water saving and biodiversity preservation, when a second one will be more interested with green energy. So we have developed a catalog of all the ESG initiatives we can offer to our tenant to help them with their own ESG policy. It covers a large range of action from beehives and tiny forests to enhance biodiversity to solar PV panels uh, to produce green energy on site for their activities. And Natalie, just picking up there on, so Gilles talking about the energy efficiencies and obviously working with the customers, sometimes on existing buildings, but what about the new constructions that you are uh, building across Europe? You have a template, don't you, that is uh, fitted to different regulations in different countries. But here in the UK, you've, you've had the first net zero for construction building. Uh, in Milton Keynes. Uh, how much more do you see that kind of thing rolling out across Europe? Okay, so what we have executed in the UK are net zero building at construction. Our first one was delivered in, 20, in 2018. Um, and since we have added five new projects, which have been classified and certified at net zero building at construction, meaning that we have mitigated the common emissions through the design phase, the construction, the procurement of the scheme, and whatever remaining carbon emissions we couldn't mitigate through all these um, aspects or measures taken through construction and development were then offset at the end of the project. One part of the aspects on how to uh, tackle carbon emission and reduce carbon emission is definitely having clean energy solutions for our buildings because it's also future-proofing the buildings in terms of letability, in terms of value for our investors. So we have been working as a business, not only on tackling decarbonization for real estate going forward and understanding at which step and when measures can be implemented to avoid what most commonly people Called stranded assets, but we also worked as a business in creating a new business line with renewable solutions for our existing portfolio, and this is where all the synergies come into play with a business like GLP, where we always dealt with logistics being within an ecosystem and looking at different aspects that could actually support and promote better value for our investors and our customers. So on the renewable front, we have a new business currently specialized in deploying solar PV solutions on the roofs that we are managing at GLP and creating this interaction between the long-term expectation in terms of 
avoiding assets being shredded, and at the same time, responding to an urgent need from our customers to switch and transition to green energies and to become potentially self-sufficient when it comes to energy consumptions or electric consumption on site. Natalie, how is net zero affecting investment and location decision making? So we started many years ago um, introducing actually what we call the ESG due diligence process, which is enhancing our investment decision process with an ESG angle, looking at environmental, social and governance aspects through that investment or investment opportunity that could affect potentially the returns over a period of time. And through that granularity of understanding more the investment through this angle, those lenses, uh, defining a risk profile, uh, an item that could either be mitigated and could be, you know, capex related, or could be not actually mitigated, and really decisions that would then come up to we can't invest in that property or the opportunity because it creates a risk that doesn't sit with our strategy or is something that we don't want to take on board. So with that respect, we are now ready to launch our Enhancer 2.0 ESG due diligence, which is going to account a much more alignment with some standards like EU taxonomy, but also we're going to start running climate risk related analysis at the acquisition time. And with that modeling tool, will help us then to assess very early on of the additional items or consideration we should take for an investment uh, going forward. Yes, in a way, you've got three different communities here, haven't you? You've got the customers who obviously will be interested in a certain set of things, and particularly, like you say, the energy saving. You've got your own company uh, and the, the its own desire to be a net zero and, and climate change and ESG leader. Uh, but you've also then got investors who are demanding some of this reporting and demanding uh, some of these ethical investments. It comes back then to the measuring and reporting. Uh, take us through some of that that you have to do for the investors and why that measuring and reporting is so important. It's important because we, you know, addressing climate change requires a collective action and collaboration, but ultimately it's down to every single institution to do their own part and demonstrate how they're creating value or not damaging value. So reporting and disclosure is essential because unless you have these kilometrics that provide transparency and visibility on the performance, again, it's really hard to deliver or understand the correlation between performance and ESG and then get the buy-in, you know, from all our stakeholders in what we're doing. So it all goes back to data, as we always say in our world, is going back to have accurate, robust data that help us to set a baseline, understanding from this baseline that you want to communicate with your stakeholders, how year on year you're improving. Because eventually, regardless where we are all on this journey in the past, most of our the businesses, our stakeholders, our shareholders, they all go into the toward the 2050, right, objective or aligning with a science-based targets, which are in line with the Paris Agreement. So we all know that we're all going to the same direction, but we might be at a different pace, a different approach to it. So measurement and disclosure help and give clarity on assessment of performance, but also the importance of the accountability 
that each of us will have and the transparency of what has been done or is being done. That's the aspiration. We all know about the 2050 uh, target, as you say, Natalie, from the Paris Agreement. Uh, but how are you implementing these ideas on the ground? What's the what's the process when you, as an asset manager, what, what sort of things are you doing? First, we start with some uh, technical audits to define and prioritize the works we have to do to deal with the the Paris uh, Agreement. And after we are organizing regular meetings with our customers to define together the ESG strategy for uh, the asset. And we, uh, we evaluate the impact of the actions we have already done. And then we adapt the next action to, to undertake. Uh, the feedback is really essential uh, to achieve a, a continuous improvement and uh, reach that goal. So it is a very collaborative exercise. Uh, working with the customers. Yeah, of course, uh, the route to net zero is a long pathway and we need the complete involvement of uh, every stakeholders. Of course, the landlord, also the, the maintenance company, but the also the, the tenant. Everybody must be uh, really involved closely to go in the same direction. And is that s similar for you in Poland, Jarek? Yeah, it's pretty similar. Just to maybe add a couple of words to what Gilles said is, of course, we are we are also uh, checking the energy performance of each asset as a maybe part of the technical due diligence, and then working on how we can improve this performance to lower the 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 carbon emission, the the heating uh, and electricity costs too. We are, of course, uh, working also on the certification. So it can be uh, during the construction, we have a BRIAM, typical BRIAM certification as a minimum target is very good. But we are now working also on some of the uh, developments uh, on the excellent level. We are also considering the BRIAM in use. So we have for sub couple of um, uh, projects uh, existing in Poland, and we are uh, now considering also to submit for for the other buildings. Of course, LED lights, something what we so replacement of the of the older solutions. Working on the insulation, if if any possibility to to increase it. Also, smart metering installation, because of course we install the smart meterings for the new buildings. But what we are also doing is we are installing the smart metering systems for the existing assets, so just to help the customers better control uh, the utilities, therefore uh, also achieve some uh, some savings and also CO2 emission to lower it. So definitely the, co the cooperation with all, let's say, st stakeholders. So this should be the customer, this should be our FM, our internal property management team, and also investors who should support us in terms of the funds. Okay, well, just to pick up there as well, Briam, I was trying to remember, I think it's building research, the environmental assessment method which is one form of certification that can apply to buildings. Uh, but Natalie, uh, what other certifications do you use across your portfolio and how are you standardizing them? So in terms of construction, we're using BRIAM in all the country except uh, for Germany, where we used DGNB and that was a business choice many years ago. We are targeting a minimum of very good, but we are leaning more and more getting towards excellent because we realized through improving you know our baseline and working on the net zero that over time sometimes with minimum effort 
we can reach actually this level of excellence. We also have been working with Planet Mark on some of the property certifications, mainly in the UK for now. So we we started a pilot last year where we offered to our customers in the UK to engage with us on this project of analyzing, understanding operation and how to reduce operation carbon footprint with the support of Planet Mark and getting the properties certified. Um, so we hope with that engagement that we raise awareness, but we also give support to our customers to carry on the good work afterwards. Uh, so that's, that's an important aspect for us is, as Gilles said, and we said it's collaborative, right? We all need kind of to join up our efforts. And that's something that has always been essential to the way we work at GLP, not only internally, how we connect as teams, ensuring that we all understand the objective and see how we can add our block to the edifice, uh, but also with our investors in being transparent and engaging with them and with our customers, we launched as well our customer engagement program last year. So we started the first wave of engage with, with some key customers and see how, when we sit together, these are your expectations, these are your corporate and your business commitment, these are ours, how can we merge this? How we can be efficient and not dilute the effort, but try to work towards the ultimate goal together. And um, I'm, I'm excited about that because it just reiterates a vision that there's a lot of goodwill in working together on the ESG sphere and slowly as well as ESG is taking, you know, is gaining traction, there's an increasing interest in social aspects as well. So that's extremely exciting for the, uh, for, for the coming years and including 2023. Excellent. Uh, Yarek, what, what uh, excites you about where the company is going and uh, what do you see as the biggest challenges ahead? First of all, I, I would say there is no way back. I think that's that's no doubts, and we have to be engaged. We have to go further. And what's exciting to me is that, first of all, as I already said, we can see more and more customers who are more engaged, and uh, they are not just engaged to in order to tick their uh, corporate boxes, but we they, they really understand it's important. From the practical point of view, for me, what's important is that we are working on the on the other on the new solutions how to get more involved for example what is not so far used to often in our uh, type of industry is is heat pumps so the heating without gas so now we call it gasless solutions it's difficult but this is something what is definitely coming and we are really excited uh, that we can work on it and uh, for the results what's also interesting is that uh, we already tested in uh, in the very little scale, but we I hope that it can develop is uh, smoke eating pavings. So that's something what we did already in one of our uh, lower Silesia properties. Looks like it might work and it will definitely help. We are going to develop. Uh, we'll see how it can be uh, implemented in the other locations. What also mentioned before is the the close eyes on the general contractors and on their subcontractors and uh, really setting them uh, higher and higher bars in the aspect of ESG. So from A to Z, yeah, from the transportation materials and just push them or, or challenge them 
that we can all together find something more, something better. Excellent. I like the sound of smoke eating paving. That's a, that's a very interesting concept. Uh, but Gilles, the same question to you. Uh, what excites you about where the company is going and, and what challenges do you see ahead? Oh, the, the challenges are multiple because uh, ESG is more than a fashion trend. So we, we will have to do it uh, to deal with it more and more in the future. And uh, it should be the, the new standard. So um, we will have to be innovative to find a new efficient solution and uh, give a real advantage to our assets. And of course, uh, give satisfaction to our customers and uh, achieve our goals. So there will be a, a lot of work to, to do and that will be very, very interesting for, for us. Our final thoughts from you, Natalie, um, about the, the time coming up and a, a final summary of the ESG update. We just tackled, you know, the European aspects and in, in Europe we invested in 11 countries. So that create also a level of complexity, right? And that's why the direction, the guidance, the support needs to be there and sharing best practices as well. Because as um, Yarek just, you know, we have the ability as a business to test things. So we're testing a solution somewhere uh, in one place, we're testing another solution in another, and then we get the both of all words because we'll be able to, to select what is best going forward. So that's extremely powerful and also a great opportunity for us being invested in so many countries to have this ability to trial things and see what are the best solutions. And we're doing a similar approach actually globally. We have to remember that GLP is a global uh, business from a logistic perspective. Um, I have my counterparts in other countries. And we're also setting the trajectory and the vision for the entire business. So we also invest a lot in technologies. Uh, we are running this year a global ESG platform. Uh, so we invest a lot of money in AI solutions and see how these technology solutions can help us in terms of gathering data, defining, and again, measuring and disclosing. So there are a number of very exciting projects at global level that would help us to unify while keeping obviously the market specificities covered in creating this kind of framework of ESG globally and allow as well all our stakeholders to understand how GLP provides a solution in each every single region and country we are invested in. Yes, it's, it's quite a thing, that global footprint that GLP has, that you're able not only to share best practice, but any innovation that there is in one part of the world can feed through to the other, part of the, uh, the other parts of the world quite effectively. But, uh, well, thank you very much. That's it for today. Uh, uh, my thanks to Natalie Cooper. Thank you. Uh, to Yarek Chechevic. Thank you very much. And to Gilles Petit. Merci beaucoup, Merci. Uh, my name's Paul Shearer. Have a lovely day. For the very latest ESG news and updates, visit GLP's website, eu.glp.com.